Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Holm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom. On this show, I interview amazing, badass, real estate investing goddesses, women that are crushing it in the real estate investing space. And I am so excited to have with me today, Susie Sevier, who's the co-founder of Adventures Real Estate Investors. Her adventure began at a TEDx event, and we're going to talk about TEDx in this. The theme was reset, and it changed her life. In many ways, what she'll, she'll talk about. She took this theme to heart and used that theme as a launching point to regain control of her life, secure financial freedom, and give back to the community and discover her why. And she wants to share this journey by helping others achieve their greatest ROI, which is return on impact, which I love. And this is why I'm so focused on women investors, because I think that's what women are really about. It's not just a return on income, but a return on impact. So I'm super excited to have her. Welcome, Susie. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me on, Monique. I'm so, so excited today to share this space with you. I'm excited to have you. And especially since you're like a goddess, you're part of our community and <laughs> our events and things. So I, I love it. I'm so excited. So tell me, how did you get started in real estate investing? So how did you go from this TEDx event <laughs> to, like, to being a real estate investor? Yeah, that's a great question. So the TEDx event, the whole theme was reset. And throughout the day, because it was a conference for a day, the speakers just talked about a variety of different topics. And I went away from that conference just telling myself like, okay, I need to ask more like why questions. I need to think more outside of the box. Like I need to see more silver linings. I need to see opportunity or challenges as opportunities. And so I just made sure that that was always in the back of my mind, like when I was doing something new or just doing the same thing, right? Just thinking about it differently. And so how I got started in real estate investing was actually because of COVID-19 and the lockdowns. So I currently live in Cambridge, England with my husband because he's active duty Air Force and he's getting his PhD at the University of Cambridge. And when the first lockdown happened over here, we had no idea how long it was going to last. We were just told, like, you will no longer be working at your workplace. And if you can't take your work home, then you, you know, you have this break. And him and I just looked at each other and we're like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Right. <laughs> we can only leave our house once a day to exercise or go to the grocery store. And we don't have a TV. And so we decided that we were going to have a mini book club with each other. And one of those books was multiple streams of income. And a few chapters in, Robert Allen talks about real estate investing. And my husband, Michael, he just looked at me. He's like, please skip all of the first chapters. Let's just go to the real estate chapter, please. We have to do this. And from there, we like looked online and listened to podcasts and read books. And we found out that 
the real estate world had gone virtual. And so in the back of our mind still, you know, the whole reset TED talk or TEDx event, we were like, hey, this is one of the greatest opportunities that we have to try this now. And so we definitely need to get into the space. So that's really how it all started, like from the seed to now the flower. Okay, there's so much more to that story than you talked about. And then I should also add, you told me this before we started recording, that you met your husband at this TEDx event. So what year was that that you went? That was 2018. (laughs) I had to think, yeah, 2018. Okay, so much has happened in so little time. Okay, so you're reading this book and you're like, real estate, I want to do it. You're in England. And then you start investing in the U.S. So explain more what happened. Like, what was your first deal and how did you do it? Absolutely. So immediately, like, we knew that education was, like, the most important piece, right? So with, like, meetups and everything going virtually, conferences also did. And so that was actually, like, a huge contributor, which is where I found your conference because it was one of the very first, or it was the first women's one I went to, which was phenomenal in itself. But through those conferences, we just learned so much and we went to, I'm going to have to say 10. So like we hit, cause we didn't know how long they would stay virtual. And we're like, okay, if we ever get the opportunity to do them in person, we want to know the ones that are actually worth going to in person. We don't want to like hope that like the few that we picked virtually just work out, you know, or the other ones will be good in person. So that's why we chose to go to so many. But like through them, we learned just like so many different bits and I'll try to like bring out the best ones. But one of the ones that stood out was that like you need to almost have an identity shift if you're going to get into multifamily syndications. And what I mean by that is that like everybody saw me as, you know, like getting my MBA and being in accounting and now living over here and everybody saw my husband as Air Force, like that's it. And so just like through social media, we had to pretty much announce to the world that we were going to start investing in real estate because from there, that's when people can start to like reach out and ask questions. And that's really when you like almost stop that limiting belief within yourself, right? Because once you announce it and people see it, it's like, okay, This is something I've now told people that I'm doing. I have to go, I have to do it, you know, or at least that's how we felt. And so through all of that, actually, that's how we found our like initial boots on the ground, right? Because with all the lockdowns, we haven't been able to travel, but we knew that from over here, like the biggest missing piece was having somebody in the States, right? Because like through the meetups and through education, we could learn how to underwrite. Like you can read and like talk to brokers via Zoom on your own. You know, you can do investor relations also via Zoom, but with something we knew we could not do was go and see the asset. And we were going to be extremely uncomfortable if we were submitting LOIs without having somebody actually look at the property. And so like that was one huge contributor. And then actually we found... I I shouldn't say found somebody introduced us to an individual who was investing in our area. And that area was chosen again because of the boots on the ground. And he ended up being our mentor and him in itself, like he created so much self-confidence. Like it was just an organic mentor who just said like, okay, I see that you guys are showing up in the space often. Like I'd like to be able to help you with this journey. And we were like, 
yay, you know, because like that's huge within itself because you can give yourself permission to do things so many times, but like until you take like the first leap, you know, of even submitting that LOI, things are still really scary. And so like having him there to just even say like, oh no, you're fine. This is how it works. It was like, cool. Thanks. Like, you know, it just makes you feel so much better. But like from that, I guess, whole accumulation of like having that self-confidence and having that boots on the ground. But trust me, it was still, it still came with like a lot of being at meetups, being on conferences, spending a lot of time doing real estate activities. It led us to like our first deal, I guess, that we got under contract. And that was October of last year. And that was an 88 unit in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And that was just really exciting to see and to know that like we can do this from anywhere in the world, like when you have the right team on your side. So your first real estate deal, nothing else. <laughs> you got in a little house or something, but your first deal was an 88 unit in Tulsa and you had a mentor. Did you partner with this mentor? So who, how did you get the, how'd you get this deal going? Yes, that's a great question. So like we're the lead sponsors and we chose that role because we want to continue to do this when we move back. And so the mentorship relationship was more of a like, hey, we would like guidance. Like we don't need to because like he has his own team, you know, like they're doing their own like pretty big deals where like we would just like you to come on as guidance because we still want to do this on our own. This is like really important for us, for us to do. And so like how that all went was (laughs) we like made like a cover sheet. I would pretty much say it felt like I was asking these brokers to date me, but it'll be like, Hey, like this is our team. You know, this is our property management company. This is the lender we've been talking to. Like we pretty much put it all on there to show that we were serious about doing this, right? Because there's so many first-time investors and only so many brokers. And so we wanted to just show like, we are serious about doing this even from overseas. Cause that was a huge thing too, you know, like, oh, we're in Cambridge, England. And it was, we got a lot of what's, (laughs) you know, but with that as well, like um, treating the brokers like humans, you know? So like we'd call just to chat We'd call just to see how they were doing. You know, it would be a random text to just be like, hey, what's up? Because a lot of them had even said like, oh, I love, well, American soccer. But I was like, oh, cool. I have that in common. It's over here. You know, that's something we can talk about. And so just doing that and like if they sent deals responding and saying like, oh, we will underwrite this or this is not something we want to pursue at this time. So it's not just like, oh, I only talk to you when you have a deal that I want. I want, I talk to you all the time. And that really helped. And then having that property manager like already chosen really helped as well because that just showed that that was something that we were serious about. And so, I mean, the team then, we also brought on somebody for investor relations and like to help also with capital raising because as first-time capital raisers, you also have no idea how it's going to go, right? Like that also actually, that felt the most scary to be honest. Like, will the people that I've been talking to want to invest? Because the total raise was $1.75 million. And I found out right away that it was not going to be my friends and family that were investing with me. So it was all brand new. It got to the point where I was doing 20 to 25 investor calls a week to try to make sure that I had that. So I mean, 
a lot of time was spent trying to figure this out. But so we brought somebody else on for capital raising to make sure that like this was something that we could do. And I mean, yes, he definitely had additional duties just to make that very clear. But and then we also had a KP just because of the so a key principle for the loan to make sure that it could all be covered. But that was how the team got brought together. And it was really just through seeing these people in the space over and over and over and like creating a relationship. So it definitely was not something where it was like, oh, we've met. I really like you after 30 minutes. Let's do this. It was like, okay, I see you often. We chat often. Like you make me feel comfortable. I've asked you why you've started investing in real estate. You know, I know your goals. I mean, not everybody shares all of their goals, but I know enough about you where I'm comfortable investing with you. So that also took patience, right? Because with being over here, there was like this timer in the back of my mind that I wish I could have gotten to turn off because I didn't know how long the virtual world would last. And now that I know it's here to stay, I'm much more comfortable. But with that, there's like that sense of urgency. It's like, oh, well, I want to take advantage of Zoom and all of this while it's still out there. And so now that I do know it's here, though, it's a lot has calmed back there. That's so incredible. What a wonderful story. Just, you know, the, and it's so many things that people think they can't accomplish and you were able to accomplish, you know, you, you started big, you got, um, you put the team together from a different country and, you know, but it was, it's really, it was about relationships, They're building relationships, which can happen even from across the miles, across the distance that you can find people and just, it was like meeting them, but, cultivating those relationships and then getting, putting together your team so you can get the job done. That's amazing. And so you've in October, now it's, we're filming this in, in June. So it's been about eight months and that's awesome. So what are you doing now? That's a, also a great question. So we're doing like the traditional asset management. So we closed at the end of February and- Close in February. Okay. So it hasn't been that long. Yeah. And so that's been a whole new adventure in itself (laughs) because I don't think that's something you can truly prepare for because every asset will be so, so, so different. But so going along that entire journey, you know, we have weekly meetings. We have to, with our property management company, you know, a lot of discussions are happening just because it is so new. But then also we are supposed to close on another hundred unit here in a week or two. So that's Where's here? Oh, sorry. When I say here, I mean Tulsa. Sorry. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like in the zone. I feel like I live in Tulsa. I like news is Tulsa. You know, everyone I follow on LinkedIn is now somebody in the city of Tulsa. And so that's what I apologize. But yeah, so we have another hundred unit that we're closing in Tulsa in the next week or so. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank Uh, you. Had you been in Tulsa? What made you choose that market? No, that's a great question. So we knew that we wanted to like base our, I guess, our investment thesis on cash flow. So we wanted at least 50% of the return to come on cash flow. And we did not want to bank on appreciation. And we chose that specifically because like just from us being over here, that was already like a risk for some individuals. So we were trying to mitigate like risk because that term means something different to everyone just in different ways. And so that was one of them. And so we knew we kind of wanted like a Midwest city and initially, so our boots on the ground actually lives in Oklahoma city. And so when he had said like, Oh, I'm very interested in 
like multifamily syndications. I'd like to chat with you more. We were like, cool. So we like Oklahoma City, but we love Tulsa, (laughs) you know? And that's really how we moved. Like there were other cities that we had like looked into and thought about, but that that was really what did it was that like once we found out he was there, we like just kind of did a spider web and to figure out like what worked best and if it would even work best in Tulsa did. And we just really like, we have not been there, but like from what we've looked up and what we've been able to find, like we just liked the numbers, but we also liked the feel of Tulsa. That's amazing. So you're Still pretty new to the game. Um, and I haven't been that, that long, so you may not have an answer to this question. What's been your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? So I actually do. So the biggest mistake I would say that I've made, and I guess I have two. So one at the beginning was thinking that I couldn't do it from over here. You know, like that was a thing in the back of my mind. And that's a huge mistake because like if people who are living in Florida are investing like in Washington or in Montana or wherever, you know, like that distance, it might not be 4,000 miles, but it's still pretty far, you know, and I never needed to put that limiting belief on myself. And I don't know if I did it on my own or if it was also accumulation, you know, of the other people who are like, oh, is that something you're really going to try to do? And like, when I look back on it now, I'm, I just think to myself, like, why did I give them the power to control my thoughts like that? You know, because that's huge. And that's something that's unnecessary. And I think that's really important for anyone in the space, if you're new or if you're not new, right? Like, nobody really should have that control over your thoughts and your mind because you can do it. You just have to tell yourself that you can do it. Like, if I can do it, from a different country. I promise you, you can do it inside the same country. You know, like I do. But in regards to real estate investing, the, I'll word this in a, I'm going to try to word it well, but our seller also owned the property management company, right? So it was like, he was a seller and he had the property management company, like under his company as well. And I should have thought to like look deeper into all of the rent rolls. And it was just something that I now have learned from it. And I just say that because like when we closed, the delinquency changed like for the next month a lot. And so with that, I had just thought to myself, hey, I need to do something I need to dig deeper next time because, I mean, I can read so much about how to do due diligence. Like I can ask so many questions, but like until you do it over and over and over, you don't always know like how far you have to dig. And so just moving forward, I dig much deeper (laughs) and and it's just something that I will be more aware of now. You know, I don't like the term slumlord. Like that's something I never, ever, ever want to be. And because of that, I hold everybody else at those really high standards. And I shouldn't because we are all different humans. And so I think going into my first deal, I was like, oh no, if everyone's a landlord, we all want to be really great people to one another, you know? And that's not always true. Hey goddess, have you been sitting on the sidelines 
and you're now ready to get started investing in real estate? If so, join me for my free online training, How to Get Started in Real Estate Investing as a Busy Professional Woman. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash W-R-E-I-G to register for our complimentary training and to learn how to get investing in real estate like a goddess today. See you there. Tell me a little bit more about that. I want to make sure I understand that point. So first, let me back up a bit because that you're the property manager and it's the same property. So you still have the seller is still the property manager on this property. No. So the seller like just had his own property management like company. He was managing his own property. Yeah. uh, But he's not the property manager that you're currently using. So you had a new property manager to work. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he was self-managing, but you got the property, the financials and you didn't look as closely as maybe you should have. So that was one. Correct. And then the the other one, explain again about, you know, just the the standards and not being a slumlord. I want to make sure I understood that. Oh, no. So I'm just saying that like, like for me moving forward, like when I am a seller, like I will not like just put people into a property to like fill occupancy. And I will not like leave the property. I don't want to say in shambles, but like, I'm not going to stop managing the property because I know that I'm selling it in three months. Like that's just something I will not do. And I say that because when we had talked about the credits for like the open units, we were told to pound sand and that in itself was really different to hear. But then the occupancy went to a hundred percent And then a week after we took over, those units had skips. And that to me, just it that's that doesn't feel right. That's not right. And like, I didn't need the property to be at 100%. You know, I didn't need to like even have need you to tell me to pound sand because that was just weird to me, especially with, you know, like my husband being in the military and being deployed once. I was like, I don't know if I've heard that term. What does it mean by pound sand? I think he was just pretty much telling us to like go away in a really non-professional like term, you know, I mean, yeah. And so I was like, like get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's, that's not happening. And so I don't, so that's just what I mean by like slumlord, like somebody who stops taking care of a property once it's about to be sold. Somebody who like lies about like the occupant, I mean, technically he didn't lie about the occupancy according to the rent roll, right? But like, it's weird that the three units that were open were also the three units that had skips with it less than a week than when we took over, you know? Like those, co- yes, I've made a story, but like those coincidences are just too close for me to yeah. think something differently. It's not uncommon for people to stuff a property with tenants to get a deal done because they need a certain amount of stability to ensure it. But so that, I guess that, yeah, to round it out, like that was like a mistake. And so what I learned from it was that like, there are good and bad people, no matter what industry that you're in. And so like just asking more questions and like digging deeper is not something that should ever looked down upon because you're doing it just for like the safety of yourself and your investors and everybody else who's involved because like those, everybody is really important who is part of the deal. It's not just one individual. All of us all have the same amount of importance. So what are you most proud of? 
closing on an 88 unit before I've even owned my own personal residence. <laughs> and something to be proud of. <laughs> yeah. It's just cool because I like I thought that like millionaires, you know, the top 1% owned apartment complexes and that I was never going to be one of those people. And then just like through, you know, like the, I guess, determination and telling myself affirmations every single day that I was going to own an apartment unit, it happened. And I, I just think it's cool that like, I didn't have to go through like the traditional, traditional steps, like to do that. Right. Like I didn't need my own house. I didn't need to then like house hack and everybody's journey is different and that's totally okay. But I'm just proud that I could do that. Cause it, it felt good inside for me. Yeah. That's incredible. I share my, when I'm teaching that a lot of people think that they have to do real estate, like the monopoly game. Like first you have to get a little greenhouse and another little greenhouse and another little greenhouse. And then you have enough, then you can get a red hotel and it's possible. And you're such a beautiful example of that, that you can start with the red, right? You can start the hotel, right? You can start with the big the big property, you don't have to start small. And it's not necessarily harder to do that. It's just different. And it's about being really just focused and getting it done. So I love that example. You should be very proud. So what do you attribute your success? Really? So it would have to be like seeing COVID-19 and the lockdowns as the opportunity instead of as a challenge, right? Because Like I'm a very active human. And so once even I was told like, hey, you have to hang out in your flat for who knows how long, like that was really difficult. And so like getting past that, because like I moved here, well, so Michael moved here first, but I moved here later and I moved here in like towards the middle of winter. And so one, it's like getting the light comes up at 830 and starts to get dark at 330. So that's a new challenge, right? But then I'm in a whole new country and I'm trying to meet people. That's a challenge. Then I've met people and COVID happens. (laughs) Whoa, new challenge, right? And like just wanting to be around people and wanting to be active. That like can strip a lot away from you because at the same time, you're like, creating a new identity and learning who you are when you're no longer in like a comfortable space. And so just like waking up every day and like asking myself, like, how can I make this day serve me? You know, what can I do to make the best of it? And like once, I don't know, I think it was just fate for us to read the book. And so like once it happened, it was like, no, like this has everything to do with how I will start feeling like the people I'll be able to see. Right. Because when you go to meetups, you are in a, you're like, I mean, yes, it's a virtual room, but you meet a lot of people. And it was like, cool, I can talk to people again. And we actually all have something in common because this space is amazing, you know, and there are a lot of people who are interested in it. So like it made, I guess, these four walls feel different because I'm in them all the time. I mean, and even now, right? Like we're still not really out of our lockdown and I still work from home. And so like majority of the time it's me and my cat. (laughs) So, yeah. I think and what you're saying reminds me of this quote from Napoleon Hill. I think it's uh, something effective out of every challenge or disappointment is the seed of equal or greater opportunity. And, you know, you've really taken that. A lot of people with this past year and a half, they look at what's happened with COVID and they're like, oh no, why me? It's like terrible. 
And instead it's really valuable go, you know, life happens for me, not to me. There's some like there's gifts, there's wonder, there's things happening here that will make it the best thing ever. And you really embodied that. It's beautiful. So what advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out? I mean, you're pretty new in your in this game, but you've, you're having a tremendous amount of success. So what, what advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out? So my advice would be to like deeply think about like your like purpose and your why and your end goal. And it can be, it can change and that's totally okay. Right. Cause we change and grow every day, but like take a day and like, you know, think about it, write it down. Then I would probably come back to it the next day <laughs> and, you know, even like a week later. And I say that because like, once you will one have written it out so many times that you probably haven't memorized, like that will drive you to continue to want to like wake up and answer the emails or, you know, have calls after your traditional nine to five. It'll just like push you through the days where you aren't feeling so great. And I mean, even if you aren't feeling so great, trust me, you have rest days. I never am saying don't have them, but they push you to do more than you're used to doing. Like once you're like passion, I think becomes something larger than just like yourself, like in the moment it drives you. And that's really like what drove me. And I had to think about it. You know, I had to think about my whys. I had to think about my passion. I had to think about who I wanted to be like, cause you know what you envisioned your life to be totally gets like jumbled up, turned upside down. Once you find out about like real estate investing and the time freedom and like how many people you can impact. And it's a really beautiful mess, but this mess, you know, creates new thoughts. And so like, you do have to go through it all over again and, you know, like decide like, Hey, I am more, I can do more. I want to impact more. And this is how I'm going to do it. And really like, that's truly, 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 like, I think the best advice that I can give to somebody who's just starting out. So before we get into our famed end of show Trinity, which is our bra- a brag, a gratitude and desire, what is the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah. Thank you so much for asking. So I have found out that like just being at like a one-stop shop is easy, <laughs> I guess. So if you go to adventurousrei.com forward slash info, you then can see like the different ways to connect with me. So if you're more comfortable with LinkedIn, you can connect with me there. You know, if you're more comfortable reaching out through the website, connect with me there, Facebook, whatever your preferred medium is, you can find it there. I just like to give options because everybody, you know, likes different flavors of ice cream. So it just makes sense. (laughs) Okay, adventuresarei.com forward slash info to get to find out. All right. Now, time for our trinity, the brag, gratitude, and desire. What are you celebrating right now? What's your brag? So my brag is closing on the 100 unit here in a week or so. That I'm very, very excited about. When people say it's like the power of the first deal, I do truly, I believe part of that, like not only within the people who have been watching, but within yourself, like you have so much more confidence moving forward to submit more LOIs and to talk to more people. And so that, yeah, that's what I'm celebrating. I, the momentum works and it's there. And I promise you guys will feel just as wonderful 
as everybody else does once they close their first deal. (laughs) Well bragged. And what's one thing you're grateful for? So one thing that I am grateful for actually is like now that we do have a little more freedom over here, just because the lockdown, I mean, even just getting out of this third one has felt longer this time. I am going camping in two weeks with my husband and we're going kayaking. And that's just really exciting because I just want to be like outside again for a really ex- like a, I mean, a weekend isn't like a super expended, I can't even talk, extended period of time. I apologize. But right now it feels like it just to like be in the fresh air and, you know, like just to be able to like close my eyes and sit and like hear all of the sounds and just take in the wonderful earth that this is. Mm, Beautiful. And last but not least, what's one desire? So one desire actually is to impact the people that I'm surrounded by. And what I like, that might sound broad, but like I intentionally like go into meetings differently now. And so like, it's really just impacting one person. Like, even if it's a 1% better every day, that is one thing I desire to do every single day, just because we were all born to make an impact. And I want to make sure that I'm doing that. Like at the smallest level, if anything, just to hope to create that ripple effect. Beautiful. So shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Susie, for coming and sharing your super inspiring story with us. Y'all, you can connect with Susie at adventurousrei.com forward slash info and connect with me at uh, reigoddesses. There you can find out about our events like Susie attended and our trading programs at our investor club. So they get into passive opportunities like she's described and just to connect to our incredible community of women investors. Also, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss another amazing real estate investor guys podcast interview. Thanks and bye-bye. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.